three, two, one. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. And welcome to part two of our Brightside News and Optimistic Opinions series, the last of this first edition anyway. To set up what we're doing here, particularly for those who did not hear part one, but also as a good refresher for those who did, allow me to offer a replay of the intro from last episode. Life is good, you hear me say. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history, says voiceover guy in the intro to this show. And I mean it. I know we get inundated with fear-inducing, catastrophic predictions about the future, which never seem to come to fruition, and day-to-day bombardments of turmoil and suffering and all sorts. But that's the nature of profit-seeking news. It's engineered to make it seem relevant and urgent to your life, right now. But is that the reality of it? An objective optimist does not deny or ignore such things, but he puts them in perspective. And I want to offer a bit of a break from the panic and highlight some of the stunningly wonderful events going on in our world. The kind of news that ought to dominate the headlines. This is the world I see, bask in, and look forward to most of the time. Now, I don't want to say every day, because even I lose perspective sometimes. Part of what this show is about is the inspiration and motivation to live our best lives. And that starts with appreciating the good that in actuality by far outshines the negative in the world. We just take it so much for granted, which is part of why we're all not as happy as we might be. But think, if the world were that much on the edge of Armageddon every day, as indicated by daily news headlines, we would not be here. Look around you right now. Probably pretty peaceful, and you likely expect a day much like the other similar days of the week you've lived recently and for the years you've been on this earth. You're likely in your home or car in comfort and security, without want from anything close to actual starvation or true peril. I mean, really slow down and look. It's so far away from any of that that it's embarrassing to admit fear, really. But what makes all this security and abundance possible? It has everything to do with the stories I want to share with you today. Now, the biggest challenge for me here has been to delimit what I present to you. There are boundless stories of progress and innovation, innovation that furthers the years in our lives and the life in our years, so to speak. You could come back at me with countless other amazing stories and prospects, and I hope you do. In fact, I urge you to get right in the comments section or hit me up on the Mr. Brightside Facebook page, that's facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca, and tell me of all the mind-blowingly, life-enhancing stuff that's happening or coming for us soon. But for those who have been lost in a bit of the flurry of negativity, pessimism, and gloom about our current world and its future, consider today a reminder or a shake-up of sorts. These stories I've selected, without really digging too far at all, are astounding enough to illustrate the kind of progress that is constantly going on and which has driven humankind to where we are today. Today is an enthusiastic shout-out to human ingenuity and its ability to move us forward, making our lives ever more safe, prosperous, abundant, and opportunity-filled. Now, as to where I got these stories, I pulled them exclusively from the blog of a new movement called Ingenuism. In part one, I gave a brief introduction as to what their mission is and why I support it, but you may go to ingenuism.com to learn what they're all about. You'll get inspiring stories and perspective in any case. But we'll skip all that today. I just want to give full credit to Ingenuism for these awesome stories. 
Now, while part one highlighted stories more directly related to health and medicine, today's show will present a variety of thrilling innovations that promise to make our lives even more convenient, fun, and simply richer with experience, although I can imagine that there will be medical applications that can't be seen yet. It is in the nature of progress to come from various seemingly disconnected fields in ways unpredictable, and which is why freedom of experimentation and of exchange is a necessary condition for innovation. In any case, let's see some of this awesome stuff. At one point in the last show, I mentioned that one of the main reasons we are so wildly rich today is our ability to connect with more people more frequently. I explained that trade being win-win, each time two or more people trade values, each party involved is better off and thus value is added to the world. I add that as the internet allows us to agree on and finalize more trades with more people across the world at lightning speed, there is still the issue of moving physical goods to the recipients. The more speed we can add to that part of the equation, I said, the more value that is created. We saw the example of drones bringing life-saving medicine and supplies to remote regions in Africa in vastly cut time, as well as airdropping broccoli in Ireland. Well, if we're talking a speed bringing us closer together, how about bridging the distance from me here in Korea to my friends and family in Canada by half? That's right. Our first headline is, Get ready to fly fast and cheap on the only airline named after the sound of an explosion. That was Saturday Night Live throwing shade at Boom, a startup working to bring back supersonic flight and ultimately to make it more affordable than conventional flights. SNL did get one thing wrong. Boom isn't an airline. It's an airline designer. But the big news from last week was that United Airlines plans to buy 15 Boom aircraft, meaning that supersonic flight could be a reality by the end of the decade. Boom's planes could cut flight times in half and get you from a bagel breakfast in New York City to tea time in London in three and a half hours. Catching a flight that quick hasn't been possible since 2003 when the iconic Concorde jet retired. 2029, the year we finally go back to the future. Now that's a brief presentation there, but allow me to highlight that. Those jets ordered by United Airlines are called Overture. Now get this. The price of a Concorde ticket, which was jointly operated by British Airways and Air France, was over 20 times higher than economy class tickets, which meant only the super rich could afford one. The cost of Overture tickets will be roughly the same as regular business class tickets. This means that you and I, real people, will actually be able to visit more places in the world and enrich our lives through experience, and that I will be much more realistically able to live my dream of having a home in Korea and Canada, for instance, going back and forth when it suits me. I won't be far over 50 when the world has shrunk to half its current size. And it means that more than just our ability to see loved ones and to see the world. Think of the applications as far as global trade and the goods that we can flood our lives with as the cost of them goes down significantly because of this. It makes me giddy thinking about it. And you know, we really have to do better to appreciate and celebrate the people who make these kinds of life-enhancing blessings a reality. And um, I read an exciting and inspiring interview with Blake Scholl, the CEO of Boom Supersonic in a recent edition of The Objective Standard, this quarterly journal I subscribe to here, and his passion and optimism impressed and heartened me greatly. All the things he has to consider and organize and convince skeptical people of, it's a wonder anything ever gets done in this world at all. But it gets done by people like him. The patience, the nerve, the courage, it is truly heroic. And it doesn't have to be giant feats of connection or medicine to make our lives more awesome. How about this next headline, If the Shoe Fits? We've been talking about how typical metrics for measuring progress, like GDP per capita, capture the prices we pay for things, not their value. Here's a cute illustration. Atrex Worldwide Inc., Atrex, today announced Albert 3D Fit, a sleek and modern 3D foot scanner created to revolutionize the retail industry by making 3D fit technology available to stores of all sizes. 
Offering the most innovative technologies at a fraction of the cost of competitors, this scanner can calculate customers' 3D foot measurements in less than 10 seconds with accuracy up to 1 millimeter. It features Atrex's Fit Genius trademark AI platform, which matches customers' unique foot profiles with their ideal footwear styles and sizes to provide personalized footwear recommendations that can be accessed across a retailer's digital shopping platforms after leaving the store. You're going to pay for shoes one way or the other, but the ability to pick up shoes that fit perfectly represents a huge benefit not captured by the price. And I'll add now, if you go into a department store, you're limited by what they have there to try. If you buy clothes online, you chance a bad fit. For shoes online, for example, I sometimes err on the side of too big to make sure I can get in them, but then I might regret that I could have gone for what I thought was my actual size. You get better at guessing as you go, but this technology now makes it a sure shot. You combine more than just a perfect fit. You get a custom fit while still getting to shop through the infinite selection on the retailer's digital platforms. Like, if we talk about us being spoiled, which is essentially what I'm saying on the intro to the show, that we get caught taking our safe and abundantly easy material lives for granted and thus defraud ourselves on the spiritual and emotional side, this is a great example. The main reason rich people's clothes look better than poor people's is fit. The right fit makes the same piece on the same person look elegant versus frumpy. But it costs something to get custom fit. But now, with the help of some brilliant entrepreneurs, the cost is removed, and we might all have the custom fit that only the rich enjoy today, or some of us only by chance or when we treat ourselves. When this becomes a normal part of life in a few years, people will be complaining when something doesn't hug them perfectly, as if some kind of divine right. You know, I can't wait until they modify it to scan our upper and lower bodies. Imagine custom fit pants, shirts, jackets. See? I'm getting greedy already. Okay, then our next headline. Big Blue Goes Small. IBM just unveiled its 2 nanometer chip-making technology. The technology could be as much as 45% faster than the mainstream 7 nanometer chips in many of today's laptops and phones, and up to 75% more power efficient, the company said. That's utterly mind-boggling. For comparison, a sheet of paper is 100,000 nanometers thick, and a strand of DNA, about 2.5 nanometers. Expect to see breakthroughs in everything from video quality to language processing to AI efforts such as battery technology and drug discovery. And for my own comment now, this stuff just gets me really excited because I know it will just make things possible for me that are unavailable to even the rich today or unimaginable to them. Possible for me, for all of us. This is the method of equality I wish to see, not in taking things away from the rich, but in adding more and more for everyone. Too many of our ideas about dealing with inequality are mired in destruction of wealth, not in creation. But we can rid ourselves of such evil ideas if we first appreciate this ever-increasing bounty and drop the scarcity mindsets holding progress back. Okay, so speaking of unavailable or unimaginable to even the rich, the next headline is The Future of Color. TVs went from black and white to color in the 1950s. Since then, the pictures have become sharper, the screens wider and flatter. But color is color, right? Wrong. Turns out, everyone's favorite movie studio, Pixar, has plans to revolutionize the way we enjoy color, too. In a riveting piece for Wired, author Adam Rogers heads over to Pixar's offices to view a cut of Inside Out, different from the one we're all familiar with. The story is the same, but the color? The red archway around the staircase is the most vivid red I've ever seen, and when joy and sadness start walking down the stairs, the edges of the screen disappear. The room, the world, is nothing but black except for the stairs. The balloons of Bing Bong's prison look unearthly, like a Jeff Koons dog with eldritch powers. I want to say 60% of this frame is outside the gamut of traditional digital cinema, Glynn says. We have a version of this film that has been creatively approved and built for exhibition on televisions that don't exist yet. 
You can see them only if you saw Inside Out in a fancy pants Dolby equipped theater. You can't buy these colors for your house, but Pixar does have a prototype of what that TV might be like. Once these technologies are in every movie theater and every living room, maybe even on every phone, things are going to get really weird. They will test the limits of human color perception and maybe even extend them. Poppy Crumb, the neuroscientist who runs research at Dolby, says her research shows that these tricks of light heighten the entire emotional experience of moviegoing. As exciting as advances in health and computer technology and space travel are, there's something uniquely inspiring about the fact that we live in a world where great minds can take something that seems impossible to improve and make it better. And for my part, I've got nothing to add here, guys. So let's just move on to the next headline, Space Jam. To make progress in space exploration, affordability is king. Elon Musk has focused on reusable rockets. Another startup is focusing on 3D printed rockets. Venture backup startup Relativity Space, which aims to build the world's first fleet of 3D printed rockets, said on Tuesday it has raised $650 million from a raft of new investors. Long Beach, California-based Relativity, which has grown its headcount fourfold in little over a year, promises boosters built almost entirely by colossal 3D printers that can crank out a full-scale rocket in just 60 days. Such automation is vital to human ambitions to colonize Mars, Relativity's CEO Tim Ellis said. 3D printing is the holy grail that will enable that future, Ellis told Reuters ahead of the announcement. 60 days. In a world where it can take six months to get your kitchen remodeled? That's incredible. And again, with nothing to add on that last one, let's move on to the next one. Where is my flying car? The New York Times profiles the state of the flying car industry. And, oh, by the way, there actually is a flying car industry. Mr. Leng's company, Opener, is building a single-person aircraft for use in rural areas, essentially a private flying car for the rich that could start selling this year. Others are building larger vehicles they hope to deploy as city air taxis as soon as 2024, an Uber for the skies. Some are designing vehicles that can fly without a pilot. While there are still plenty of technological problems to solve, advances in battery technology are high on the list, many of the challenges ahead aren't technical, they're regulatory. Skipping over the details, but it is unclear how quickly this will progress. The post adds, There's no question that safety is an important value, but so is progress. Government policy setting clear safety targets for new technologies would allow entrepreneurs to race toward them, rather than wade through years of uncertainty. We should not tolerate anything less than that. Now, I, of course, concur. This goes to what I'm always talking about here regarding context and an integration of values. There is no such thing that is a value outside of a context, and safety is no exception. We can talk about safety being priority number one, but it isn't. Even companies who say that don't really mean it's the top priority. The successful creation of their product or services, and it ought to be. And they try to optimize safety within that greater context. For each of us, our own lives is what we're really after. And even then, not only that, we're not talking mere survival. We want to flourish, living the most optimal lives we can with our limited time on Earth, including working to prolong that limit. This higher context value helps us arrange all of our lesser values, including safety. We can't protect ourselves to the extent that it actually stops us from living, which is wholly unsafe. At one point, we do step out in the world and act. Safety, then, is only a value within the greater context of a healthy, thriving life. And this is part of an optimistic view of the world. Risk is inherent in life. But how can we best manage risk while optimizing rewards? This is a question each individual must answer for themselves. But it starts with recognizing that the world is full of exciting opportunity, not with an exclusive focus on what might go wrong. 
And since preparing the notes for this show, Ingenuism has published an excellent post called Ingenuism and the Precautionary Principle, in which they articulate a rational approach to risk assessment that optimizes progress while appreciating and minimizing risk. And that does conclude the stories I have for you in this Brightside News series. Now, before my final word, let me please ask you to ask me about some of the things I've discussed today and last episode. I mean, you can learn for yourself more on the details of the stories, but as to my own commentary and assessment of the stories, do you have anything to challenge me on that, to add to it? How can your perspective inform my thinking? I'm anxious to learn. As well, I would like to hear more stories of progress on whatever scale. Nothing goes unappreciated in my world, including 3D foot scanners and custom-fitting shoes. What have you heard that you're looking forward to in the world? Please share any of that and questions and comments in the comments section where you're listening now or on the Mr. Brightside Facebook page, facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. As well, I'll thank you very much if you'd share this episode to anyone you think would find any value in it. Enough of the pessimistic headlines. Let's spread the excitement around, guys. Thank you. And now for a final optimistic word. Many of us believe that the world's going to hell and everyone's an idiot because that's who we see in the news and in those who are most vocal in the media we consume. People burning things down, yelling, and many of our supposed leaders looking incompetent and or evil. But remember these stories I've shared and let them be proof that this is not the nature of humankind. Look at what is possible. Do you think any of the people you see in the news or in politics could accomplish any of the things I shared with you in these past Brightside News episodes? And that I'm even sharing this with you on a medium such as the internet using tools as Zoom, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts, and more to create such content and connect us all, and that these tools and media are free for us all? That such people exist creating such things as we've shared today is proof that human beings are amazing. And remember also that you're a human being. I choose to associate my own being a potential with people like that who love life and create things to make it better. Yeah, there is lots of hysteria in the modern world, but it's actually for the most part people like you and I setting up peacefully each day to improve their lives for themselves and for those they love. And thanks to some ambitious superheroes and their great work, such as we've highlighted these past couple episodes, it's getting easier and the prospects more exciting for all of us. So calm down, register that that's true, and think, what should I focus on today? Because whoa, what a world we live in. I'll see you guys next time. Mr. Brightside. Your time out to refresh, refuel, and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side. 